0: everyone welcome to the pc perspective podcast this is episode 578 being recorded wednesday march 11th 2020 i'm jim tanis
1: i'm jeremy hillstrom i'm josh Walworth. i'm sebastian peak and i'm brett van sprunberg thanks for having me back i promise not to misbehave
0: We've got Brett back. He he was uh, so popular last week that uh, we brought him back. Got to give the was... fans what they want. <laughs>
2: you know, he was so popular last week. He invited himself back, and we're so glad he to have him. He did well, one uh, of I got only singles of fan mail for him from him.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, he was two is a, number. It is a number. It is.
0: It is a number. Well, one of uh, three video feeds last week that stayed in sync with the audio, too. So that's important. Ooh that's important yeah, you're
3: on a short list challenge yeah uh, but you know, uh, i think he actually caused the desync of of myself and jeremy
0: i think that, it was my I fault you moved fault.
3: both both jeremy and myself down to the bottom row so
0: and i cut your bandwidth so we'll, we'll see we'll see if that works but uh, we're glad you could join us, folks. Uh, we uh, used to historically record these Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's Eastern Daylight Time now in the U.S., 2 a.m. UTC. And uh, if you want to join us live, because sometimes we we record on a Thursday, sometimes we miss a week, you know, whatever. You can join us at pcpro.com slash live and also head over to pcpro.com slash subscribe to join our mailing list. So you'll get a notification uh, when we go live, whether it's going to be on schedule or or delayed and we also give you a little uh, teaser of the topics that we have uh, on on uh, the, the docket that evening. Uh but uh one quick uh, housekeeping note, uh, you may have noticed if you're part of our video podcast feed. So we have the the RSS version of our show here that goes out via audio and video feeds. Uh, the last few weeks, if you were with our video feed, you noticed that there were some issues. First, it stopped updating, and then it started delivering you audio feeds instead of audio files instead of video <laughs> files. Uh, and then it it should have now that I've tried to to put it on pause again, it should have gone back to just being a couple weeks out of out of date. The issue is, uh, and we kind of talked about this last year. We were looking for ways to reduce our to reduce our footprint, our, our cost of hosting. Um, and a very small percentage listened to our or subscribe rather to our video feed and uh, the uh, the issue there is it just it was like a half of a percent of the total audience and it was very expensive it was several hundred dollars a month to maintain that feed so we switched to a new provider and despite me talking to that provider ahead of time and and making sure it was going to work it it didn 't it looks like it 's just they they, they don 't support video like and it, and it imported and everything looked fine and then i Flip the switch and it stopped working. So we're looking at a different provider now, but it's gonna take some time to switch that over, get everything redirected. So for now, if you're on that video feed, just head to youtubecom youtube.com.pcpro. You can see the videos there. And the goal eventually is to get that video feed working. If you're on the audio feed, things should continue to move along just fine. Uh, but we're, we're trying to get that working again. It's, it's pretty complicated. And it looks like, just a heads up, we may have to call the feed uh, right now it goes back several hundred episodes, not as long as the audio version, but it's it's pretty far back. We may have to like only go back you know, maybe 10 weeks or something, because it looks like there might be some restrictions there with this host. Uh, it's gonna save us money, which is gonna help the site maintain financial stability, which is great. Uh, but that's that's the one limitation. So you can still find all the videos at uh you know com slash podcast or at youtube.com slash pcper. And and you'll still have access to all of that, uh, but in terms of getting that RSS video file delivered, we'll uh, you know we're working on that. So I'm sorry, well, stick with us. It's been m- way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but, but that guy uh,
4: will still be able to assemble portraits of Josh and very disturbing setups.
0: Yeah, you can still access the video and um, showed on the Twitter.
4: The guy what? with various pictures of you on a screen. I think I missed that.
2: That was on, was Twitter, on Twitter, right? That was on Josh's yeah. Twitter feed. Oh, yeah. It okay. Was that was, was. that was that photoshopped or did somebody really have I six don't separate? Know. I have no
3: idea, it's... but he, he's in the RSC channel. It's uh, Foth. Foth. And uh, uh, he, he posted that one up, and it was it was horrifying.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. At least
3: they yeah. got the cat in the middle.
0: They do. That's that's great. Um, and you seem yeah. to be wearing the same shirt in all of them, too. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it was Not just them, one.
3: But there's, 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 uh, you know, there's at least two are the same shirt. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Well,
0: well that's they at least all
3: shirt.
2: look like the same shirt. And that's that's half the battle right there. Yeah. One, one, you know, one's crew neck. The other couple are Carhartts. And, you know,
4: anyway. But now we know what color Little known prefers, fact:
2: Josh actually models himself after Steve Jobs. And so he has a uniform. Are you wearing are you in fact wearing blue jeans right now, Josh? No. What? Wearing- are you wearing pants at all? Are you wearing pants? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I am wearing pants, no. but they're
3: the okay. comfy all right. pants. Fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, I'll take your word for it.
3: I mean they're covered in dog hair, so that adds another <laughs> layer of insulation.
2: That well you'll need to you go. Though. Which That's- you need in those cold winter months. It's cold.
0: Well, anyway, let's uh, let's jump into the news this do week. Do we have a Patreon
3: uh, for for dog hair fur?
0: for dog fur? No, I don't. I don't think we have a Patreon for that. We do have a Patreon in general, Patreon.com. You know, Why don't we fur. do you know
3: no. the, the 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 dog hair off of Josh's comfy pants on episode X, and I'll put it in a plastic bag and send it to you if you do the fifteen dollars <laughs> okay. freshly freshly shorn from. From two Australian shepherds.
0: Okay, so we, we, don't, I don't, we don't have it listed as a membership perk, but I'll see if I can change that.
3: Oh, it's a perk it's a hidden. Oh, perk. yeah.
0: Oh, but it's at, a perk. At, at you, <laughs> so I'm, I'm putting this in Josh's hands. You, you make a $15 a month pledge, uh, and we will send you the hair directly off of the dog hair. Not humans. Yes. Dog hair off of Josh's pants, direct to your door. Uh, some terms and conditions apply
4: cash on delivery
0: um, this may be considered bio warfare in certain jurisdictions so i don't want to cross any lines there but check that out there and then of course uh you know we haven't gotten any you know in, a, in a, a while so i forgot but since josh reminded me if well, we still have our long-standing patreon tradition where if you become a new patron or up your pledge uh i'll get an email and change your name field before you make that change to your pledge or become a new patron and i will read whatever you put in the name field so you can have some fun there uh, if you desire. But I got to tell you that, that that dog hair that Josh, the, the Walrath fur challenge is tempting, tempting. mighty tempting. tempting. But uh, anyway, wait, jumping.
2: Wait, hold on a second. With the, with the Walrath fur challenge, can, can Josh nominate someone to take the fur challenge and then I have to post a video of myself with pants covered in dog hair? Because I could do that. My German Shepherd fills my home with hair every day. I could just roll mm-hmm. around on, on the dog bed.
0: Well, you know, considering So it's the like roll-
2: a traveling fur challenge after that, right? <laughs> yeah. Kinda yeah. How far can you take your dog's fur or something?
0: Yeah. The 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 Brotherhood of the hairy Pants?
2: You know, I was gonna go there,
1: something. but I, I called I I stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. Um anyway, well, since we're gonna be all apparently we're all gonna be locked down and quarantined for the near future, this will be a good activity while we're stuck at yeah. home. Just roll around Safe. in your in your pet fur and send us pictures. But of course, you know, we mentioned that because the uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 has continued to wreak havoc uh, with uh, schedules, tech conferences, supply change, st- uh, stock market. Um, you know, our, our, our friend Ryan Sh- Shrout uh, has, has been devastated about the performance of his retirement portfolio recently, as I'm sure you have too. And uh, it, it has claimed another victim. In fact, it's, what do you call it, it's a double, double kill? So we reported a few weeks ago that Nvidia had their uh, GTC conference uh, coming up at the end of the month, and they canceled it. They said, "Well, we're not going to have an in-person conference." That's that's pretty uh, uh, common uh, these days, canceling the the big in-person events. Mm-hmm. But instead, they were right, going to have an
2: online, a, like a live you know, online event. Exactly. Bed, right?
0: Basically, the 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 web feed that you'd get normally if you weren't able to attend the show. But apparently, we learned a few days ago that might be too dangerous as well. the the company announced announced mm-hmm. via a press release that they were even canceling the web uh, broadcast, the the online component, and in favor of a uh, they're going to have an investor call. Uh, this will be March twenty fourth. They're going to have an investor call at eight a.m. Pacific time, and then they're going to just release uh, through you know through I'm sure their PR reps as well as their uh, uh, press we- uh, website. They're going to release the information they would have announced during that show. Uh, The company, the the statement here says that the company, quote, the company believes that continuing public health uncertainties would challenge its ability to produce and deliver a digital keynote. Uh, And that, you know, that had us scratching our heads, because obviously, um, you know, you still have to bring people together to to coordinate this, uh, you know, employees and and media production people. But uh, that's pretty extreme uh, to see that happening. Uh, So, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, do you think we're We had thought perhaps we'd hear about about Ampere at this event. Do you think that the, such a big announcement they'll just kind of release like this, or do you think they're going to hold it and see if they can have a a more dedicated event down the road?
2: I feel like they're probably using this as. Oh, okay. This This is all speculation. But what if they're using this as an excuse because supply chain concerns made it so that they were not able to deliver what they wanted to announce on time. So why have an event to announce something that cannot be released? It seems a little strange that you wouldn't be able to have a live event because of the possibility of uh, jeopardizing people's health when it's all remote. I have no idea. Maybe the way that he does keynotes is different and he needs like a team there and he wasn't willing to do that. But it also seems like with Production at various places either shut down or reduced significantly. Or they could be late. This this investor call was not previously scheduled, was it? Am I missing something, Josh? This is not their their usual quarterly investor call, is it? Uh, it might be actually. Okay. So, so I wonder if I maybe there is around that uh, it is
3: that time of 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 uh, year slash month to do the uh, the quarterly mm-hmm. calls. So.
2: All right. Yeah, I don't maybe.
3: know. I, I mean, if uh, my gut feeling is they probably were going to tease something, but now they're probably not going to tease anything. And that tease would be really only just a tease. Um, there's some feeling around the industry that we won't see next gen uh, NVIDIA stuff until late 2020 and the big stuff maybe until 2021, but I don't know about that. My gut feeling is late fall is we'll see new stuff from them. So September, October.
4: Also, yeah. if they showed up in hazmat suits, people would
3: confuse
1: it for an Intel commercial.
3: Ooh, yeah, remember that's
1: the true. old bunny suits? Don't, don't they also need to time this to stomp on Big Navi? Also, to just go, oh hey, look what you guys did! Oh, that's nice, wham.
0: Well, I mean, that, that could certainly be a component of it. I mean, and we, the leaks we've seen thus far of, of the high end of Ampere's launch will be, they're, they're rumoring a 40% jump over 28. So the 3080 Ti will be a, a 40% jump over 2080 Ti. So, and I don't think there was any indication thus far that Big Navi was going to even exceed 2080 Ti performance. So you know who uh, i don't know if they necessarily need to hold it to to squash you know to potentially squash amd that way yeah.
3: but i think the navi 2x is is going to be a pretty solid part i mean everything that they've kind of talked about and i mean you know, lisa has has not so far over exaggerated performance of the parts that have been released under her watch mm, yeah and saying you've got a 50% improvement in performance per watt and you can kind of Take that back to the 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 Radeon fifty seven hundred XT. Uh, that's that's going to be a significant jump in in performance, uh, and it's going to be you know a bigger chip as well. So when you get these two things together, you you may actually have a a much faster than twenty eighty Ti in certain circumstances, maybe not all, because you know it, it's a RTX. And DXR are really totally different from what I understand. And I'm not sure which one is superior. I think RTX may be a little bit better than the kind of generic DXR from Microsoft, but I could be totally wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, I think Navi 2X is going to be a good part and, uh, AMD has certainly pushed a lot of technology and R&D resources into that after really focusing on CPU to get the company a, a, a solid foundation back with their CPUs. And now that we've gone through now kind of, you know, two and a half generations of of Zen, I think they're going to really start focusing on GPUs. And while well, they have been focusing far more on GPUs and 2X will you know from from my understanding it will be their kind of coming out party for being really competitive uh again which they haven't been for a
2: long long time to well, pick, uh, pick I hope so. your brain at some point josh about how cuz those those performance per watt increases they're talking about with the next iteration of rdna are staggering mm-hmm. without a huge process leap will still be on 7
3: It's also going to be – it's not going to be the EUV 7 nanometer. I think it's going to be an advanced version of the 7 nanometer that the current Radeon parts uh, are based on. And plus, you're going to have better software tools to design. You're going to have a lot more knowledge at AMD for guys doing that. And you also have more engineers and more money flowing in to kind of take what they have to the next level. And so all those things together – it doesn't surprise me because when they released the 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 Vega, Vega seven nanometer it was it was a fast part, but it was it was pretty basic and and the uh, the new Navi uh, you know fifty seven hundred XT was was competitive at that price at, at, and and really competitive in terms of of power consumption as well uh, that we hadn't seen from AMD for a while and. You know, this is they're going to be iterating on seven nanometer because I think getting to six and five nanometer stuff is is going to be harder and and jumping to EUV they just don't I mean they've got EUV machines but their wafer throughput is still not really all that great and EUV does not give much of a performance advantage but it does improve your yields and bends so think of it this way is is if you're manufacturing uh, a wafer and you've got 65% yields and your bins are kind of all over the place, uh, when you do EOV, your top end parts are not going to be faster. There's just some physical limitations. And, and physics kind of rears its ugly head. But you could be improving your yields significantly, like 75 to 85%. And then your bins are going to be tighter, so you don't have this large, you know, distribution of hey, we got some really fast parts here that's like ten percent, and we've got really slow parts here that are about fifteen percent. Uh, you're you're going to skew those possibly, so that your your bin, um, your know, margin is 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 going to be smaller, and so that's that's the the key to UV. It's not it's not going to be top end speed, but you're going to have improved bins and possible yields, depending on how many base layers that they do over EUV and and what they do, because there's still going to be, oh Lord, is it still going to be, you know, quad patterning and, and all this other stuff on other layers. And it's just, I mean, it boggles the mind. It's, it's so stinking complex, but I mean, they're, they're kind of narrowing that band where bins are and, and better yields, but not better power efficiency and top end performance. Does that make any sense? And I hope you're right. Okay. okay. Sorry. I'll just shut up now.
0: No, that's what that's what we have you here for. It's certainly not your looks.
3: No, oh. certainly not. Even though um, that guy's got six screens of me on there. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, that is, uh,
0: <laughs> that's disturbing. Uh, I'm still not quite well, able to process that. But uh, I want to take a quick break here. We've got a uh, Patreon message. Um, a little unorthodox Uh-oh. here because he... He didn't change his name, and he was able to avoid the character limit by just sending a follow-up message, but I'll give it to him. Rush the Bus, a uh, valued member of our Discord community, has sent the following message, which I am obligated to read by the rules of our Patreon agreement. Quote, I am requesting a binding 30-day ban for Jordan on the Discord server to commence at approximately 12 a.m. noon Friday, March 13th, and to run uh, congruently... With the recently instituted European travel ban, thank you. Unquote. <laughs> well, I, Jordan. I said I'd read it. I didn't say we could enforce anything I read, but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, we love you all. We love you all. Thank you. Josh anyway, getting the fur ready. Uh, so, uh, real quick, though, sort of on the uh, 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 same theme of, of coronavirus affecting product announcements and, and shows. Uh, a big, uh, Another big cancellation, E3 2020, has been canceled. Now, this one's even more uh, surprising, not surprising, I guess, but more significant because this was even further out. This show was set to take place, uh, I think, the first week of June, uh, if not the second week, um, first half of June, I'll say. And uh, it's it's been canceled. Uh, the first time that they will not have an E3 since 1995, according to the uh, article here from Ars Technica, uh, the uh, they sent um the, the uh, ESA sent a message out, uh, citing growing concerns over the COVID nineteen virus, and uh, and pretty much shutting it down. Now, E three itself has been under siege. Uh, companies like Sony have pulled out in favor of having their own press conferences. In recent years, uh, Microsoft was still committed, and uh, for its part, Microsoft uh, Xbox chief Phil Spencer, uh, said said on Twitter that that of course they the Xbox and Microsoft teams will have their own digital event to make up for the lack of whatever they were going to announce at this show. And from our perspective, of course, we care about that because most of this news will be more more details likely about the Xbox Series X, which along with the PS5 will be powered by AMD uh, APUs. So we'll see more there. And, and of course, also Microsoft's uh, continued commitment to uh, bringing multi-platform uh simultaneous releases of PC and console games. So more games for the PC, PC focused hardware from a big player in AMD being the again the major platform for both of the top high performing consoles this generation. Uh so we'll see what Microsoft has to say there. But uh yeah, I mean I if with E3 being canceled, that doesn't bode well for Computex, which is set to happen just before E3. And is in mm-hmm. Taiwan as opposed to Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, we, have there we even may been any be...
2: grumblings about that being discontin- uh, postponed or I can't nothing imagine official. It canceled, no, no,
0: not, uh, yeah, nothing official. But uh, if enough major players pull out, and if enough yeah. enough press and vendors mm-hmm. don't send their teams, and you know that that's that'll kill it itself. I mean, this is having. Uh, a major impact on the, the travel industry, obviously hotels uh, for all these events are being canceled. There are uh, laws, state legislatures are passing laws that are are forcing companies to give uh, refunds to, or they're, they're considering the passage of laws that are forcing companies to give refunds uh, outside of their normal refund window for hotels and, and flights and things like that. So uh, this is going to have a very significant impact continuing here. It seems so. Uh, Hey, we're we're ahead of and, the game. We don't leave our house. And they've they've closed Italy. And they've closed true. Italy. They've closed yeah, Italy. It's closed. Um it's yep. No sauce for you. So no, or olive oil. Yeah. And and we're
4: Yeah, we're, you've been out
1: buying toilet paper. You should have been stocking up on olive oil. Yeah, I that's know. True. Now now. Now I know.
0: Um but uh, we 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 speak in jest, and to a certain degree, we have to. This is just how it is. But of course, obviously, people are dying from this, and uh, we we don't mean to make light of that situation or or of the, the as this continues to occur, things will spread down. Like I just found out just a couple hours ago that my son's school here in Northern Kentucky they are closing the school district for at least uh, ten days. So that's going to have an effect on working families and and students and and things. So. We'll keep an eye on, on this as it relates to the hardware issues, but outside of that, uh, you know, just our best to everyone who has to deal with this, uh, regardless of whether it was overplayed in the media or irresponsible reporting or any of the other criticisms that have come uh, along with it. Just wash your hands, folks. Yep. Wash your hands. Um, and but, stop touching uh, your face. Yes. Or did you, at
2: least wash your hands before touching your face. Did you see right, or the... Or
0: uh, there was a video yep. of a public health uh, spokeswoman, spokeswoman yeah. in California. She's like
2: licking her finger to turn yeah, pages. She's, she's reading a statement, yeah.
0: you know, do not touch your face, do not touch your mouth. Licks her finger, Lick. turns the page. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it underscores how, how hard it is. There's so many things. I mean, I I don't, I try not to, but subconsciously we touch our face and, you know, cough and, and eat without oh, washing Oh, I pick my nose sometimes. like
3: nobody's business. It's yeah, just and well. uh, flick them around my office and... Oh, I mean, my work digger. office, not my home office. Yeah. So you know, whenever somebody comes in and leans up against the the door frame, I mean, it's like you know, there's <laughs> a couple of bugs there, and <laughs> you're just like, that. um, you might you might want to go wash, just but, your entire uh, body.
0: Sleep. But Remember, just wash that door
3: again. It'll be kind of salty and sweet. No.
2: You
0: like? But it. Y- you're you're the living test tube. You're the you're the entity we're brewing this cure in. Not just I, because of his oh, physical the resemblance. The human petri test tube. Yeah. Yeah. Licking those uh, railings. I've already got elevators. some, you know, low level
3: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no Yeah, I have built up the immune system by, by travels to airports, but you know, let's not go into that again. Yeah. And children. Yeah.
2: Let's 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 public talk health more, perspective yes. is over for this week. Thanks. All right.
0: Well let's talk Thanks about Windows already. ten two thousand four. And no, not Just Windows Server two thousand and four not a version of Windows that came out in the year two thousand and four. The latest update to Windows Ten and the way that Microsoft is doing the naming uh they're they're using a year and month uh designation to separate the major releases uh the most recent was nineteen o nine that was September of twenty nineteen and this one is uh slated for well, who knows when they'll actually release it. I don't think they've actually matched up the calendar to the name in years now, but but technically, this one is designated 2004, so that's April 2020. But of course, leading to some confusion because Windows 2004 sounds wrong in 2020. But the the next version is coming out. Um, it's, it's a minor version. Uh, Scott posted this for us here at the site. Uh, Windows Central has a video going over the the features that are going to be included. I know that Throt.com, uh, Paul Throt, there has he always does a good job, kind of giving a an overview of the features. You can check that out as well. He's got an article listing the changes. Not a lot of huge changes. There's going to be some updates to Cortana. Uh, There's they're finally a uh, poor, poor Cortana. They're, they're separating her out from the core of the operating system into a separate app. So they're Hallelujah. disentangling. Yes. As, as Jeremy knows, enterprise management of features like Cortana can be a nightmare. Uh, but they're they're splitting it out so it can be it can be updated separately, uh, it can be controlled in terms of permissions separately, and it'll have some some new features, some new smart features. Like for example, if you ask it an inquiry and you type the inquiry, it won't speak back to you because it knows that you're typing, so it'll just give you the answer without talking, uh, and uh, things like that. They're also splitting it out from search so that you don't have to worry about Cortana trying to help you as you're as you're just trying to do a basic file search. Uh, There's uh, some stuff for for Windows Reset. Um, There's some Game Bar stuff. A very, uh, or not a very, a relatively modest update in terms of of feature updates for Windows 10, but uh, it will be coming out uh, soon. I guess the the big one for developers is they're going to WSL2, Windows Subsystem for Linux 2, a major upgrade uh, there. So, I don't know, have you guys been following the uh, the Insider builds or, or anything you're looking, you're looking forward to with Windows uh, 10 2004?
4: Reimaging imaging a lot after they bust?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, sure. Well, well, I mean, with this being relatively modest in terms of features, ah. hopefully it will be a smooth upgrade. Um, what was it? It was 1903 was bad, right? Real bad? And then 1909 was okay? Or are those reversed?
2: No, I think he, you got that right. was better. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah it, I didn't use 1903, I don't think. I went from 1809 to 1909. I was playing Smart. it safe. Yeah. Because 1809 was the one I think that you had to have. That was the first one that supported real-time ray tracing, I think.
0: Uh, that was, So that was a major feature know. addition. Uh,
2: and then... Yeah. Yeah, was. I was on 1803, and I had to upgrade to start doing, like, RTX stuff. Yep. But since then, it's been, like, subtle changes to the way that the installer works and certain things in the OS that I barely noticed. But it's it's definitely harder to create a local account than it used to be.
0: Um, yes, that is, uh, if you haven't followed that, if you're connected to the Internet during initial setup, yeah. it will force you to create... Or to link to a Microsoft account, the only way to avoid that is to disconnect, physically disconnect yes. your network, yes. then offline. set up, be offline, then and reassure
1: then... it several times, and then yes, set up. yes. That's yes. you have to pat it
3: on the head and stuff. Yes, you you act like you do join a domain, mm-hmm. and you you choose that option, and uh, yep, you don't actually join a domain. You can do a, a local. Group, so. Although I, th- I yeah, think if pain. you do Unless that... Unless you're using home edition, which case it doesn't exist. Yeah, home
4: exists. Right. Uh, blah, oof, I don't blah. do home. It's just hell.
0: I, I don't know if it, if this still is the case in 2004, but I know in one of the more recent uh, versions, if you do the, the domain workaround, you then also, once you're booted in and finished, you have to then uh, fix something because it thinks it won't let you change certain aspects of your system configuration because it, it tags them as being uh, administered by an organization and not yourself, and you can yeah, fix it. Yeah, it's
4: mostly just a message.
0: Yeah, well, it, it... You can still do it. It blocks certain things, but you can you can undo it. Yeah. You just have to run a, a registry command or chase, uh, something in GP editor or something, but... Yeah. Just, yeah, it's not...
3: I love how they make my life easier. So much yes. easier. Right. Yes, right. Yep, especially it's... when they try and help.
0: Well, we got Windows 10X to look forward to. So that'll be a whole different bag of worms. But uh, yeah, check, check out uh, Windows uh, 10 2004 coming to a PC whether you like it or not. Although uh, if you do the deferral, I guess uh, the, uh, pro and enterprise customers can continue to run 1903 until December of this year and 1909 until May 2021. So uh, but you're going to have to work at that. Microsoft's going to going to try whatever they can to get you to uh upgrade. But uh, all I right, we've just got want to some... go
3: back to win, win, Women
0: 7. No
3: Windows yeah.
4: 7. <laughs> Windows some 7. Some people
3: haven't left yet. Yeah, <sighs> no. Yeah. yeah, I think i are still of running, running XP. Yet.
1: That's true. A lot of uh point of sale systems are many of them and banking uh very much yep. on uh XP and uh industrial drivers, uh machine controllers. A lot of XP still. Hospitals Oh, and, there's uh, a problem right there.
0: Oh, yeah. Could you imagine like your ICU is being overwhelmed due to uh, hey, COVID patients you, and now Windows Update comes along?
1: You don't have to oh, imagine that's a, nice a lot of XP. The, you don't have to worry about that. That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <it's,
1: laughs> yeah, You don't have to imagine it, really. There's a lot of XP out there uh, running a lot of mm-hmm. important critical hospital hospital gear. That's unfortunate. Uh, it's yeah, true. I'm very, yeah, uh, very open to over-the-air uh, compromise.
0: Well, just yeah. don't network it. Go, yeah. go, go Battlestar <laughs> yeah, battle Galactica yep. approach and firewalls <laughs> everywhere. Um, and yes, yeah, yeah, so the, the, uh, the chat is reminding me. I mean, technically, that Windows version, it's, you're supposed to pronounce it 2004 to distinguish 2004. No. But whatever. It's all good. What if and you hey, were
2: someone who referred to the year as 2004. I guess not mm-hmm. a lot of people did that like they do now, but.
0: Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get through it one way or the other. Uh, but, uh, quick shout out. We've got a new Patreon, uh, or a new patron for our Patreon, uh, uh, Mikel Bebout or Beboots. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, but, uh, thank you. He just became a, uh, a new patron. So that's awesome. Appreciate nice. it. And if you'd like thank me you. to say something embarrassing, just, uh, send a message, uh, uh, follow up to that and I'll be happy to, uh, uh, say something terrible for you.
2: BeBout. And personal. <laughs> is, is, is Say something, something terrible and personal Wyoming. about me. I'm fine. I'm fine <laughs> with that.
0: Well, what was that, Josh?
3: BeBout. It. It's a uh, common name in Wyoming. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, Very politically connected family in the Lander-Riverton area. BeBout. Interesting. Mm.
0: So are they sending you a message, perhaps? Mm,
3: I am not politically connected.
0: Well, that I guess that was that maybe that's the message. Get with the program.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're letting me know how insignificant I am. And you know mm-hmm. what? That message is received. There we
2: go. Oh. I don't know, Josh. You have a platform that's big these days. You've got your socials, you do this podcast. Your reach is uh it's bigger than You're a lot of people in your hometown.
1: Exactly. So, have you seen that Black Mirror episode? episode? So that's you.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I got a megaphone and all I ever do is burgers. there are worse things in the world than burgers absolutely yeah
0: let's not explore that any more than necessary but let's talk about uh intel desktop processors so they've been uh they they finally hit 10 nanometer on mobile last year and now it's the the quest the epic journey to get there on desktop and sebastian has some news from intel or a report uh on the upcoming alder is it Alder Lake or Alder Lake?
2: Did I'm going to go ahead that? and say Alder.
0: Alder, Alder Lake, uh, desktop processors rumored to be coming out the 10 nanometer pr- platform for Intel uh, with the LGA 1700 socket. So, what's what's the rumor yeah, here? What's the latest?
2: Uh, well, this is something I saw on video cards, and it came from apparently a Chinese PC shopping forum. So I I don't know. It, the, the slide is something that could have been created in a few minutes in Google Docs. It could be real. Who knows? It's just interesting to consider that the the rumors going into 10 nanometer desktop have been a new socket. So we talked about LGA 1200 first, I think. That was the first leak. And then that's Comet Lake S. This Alder Lake S moving to a a much different platform, LGA seventeen hundred, at least is the rumor. But what's really weird about it? Two things, really. This is ten nanometer, sixteen cores. The top skew, and it's not a traditional sixteen core CPU. Apparently, it's a big little configuration. So you'd have big, like eight big cores, eight little cores like the arm big little configuration. So it's it's kind of fascinating to think about a sort of arm style approach for Microsoft or Microsoft Intel going forward for mobile processors or low power processors. But the TDPs do not sound like mobile at all cuz we're talking about an 8 plus 8 plus 1, the plus 1 being the graphics. These are GT1 graphics. So like Well, let's HD let's, let's not even just talk about the LGA
3: 1700 Socket. Okay. Because BGA mm-hmm. stuff is not
2: that complex for like mobile. Oh, I see. And so, so if it was a BGA at seventeen hundred pens, that's not a big deal.
3: Uh no, no. B if you did BGA uh in a mobile type solution, it would probably be nine hundred to twelve hundred bumps. Okay. This is this is okay. a full desktop LGA type solution. And let me tell you, cache coherency with Big Little is not a joke. Because unless they, they, they mirror the sizes of the different caches, level caches, it causes a lot of problems. And this is something that ARM has been struggling with. In Android, they've, they've fixed a lot of it, but it's not perfect, and it is complex. And yeah, this is this is Intel's first foray into it, and I have a lot of faith in Intel. They've got a lot of good engineers, but this is not this is not a small undertaking
2: in the least. What do you best. what do you make of these c- quoted TDPs? One twenty five scaling up to one fifty seems like for ten nanometer. You think about oh what, yeah, ten nanometers terrible. Yeah, as with sixteen cores, it of course it's like one hundred and you know five watts yeah no it's it's uh it's it's not uh yeah it's
3: it's not unexpected 10 nanometer i don't think they will ever get that fixed to where it needs to be uh they're gonna you know do 14 nanometer plus 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 and uh i think they're going to accelerate their next generation and they're going to really take a look at the cascade of failures at 10 nanometer because it it seems like they threw a lot of technologies all at once into 10 nanometer and it just never really worked well. And no matter how they tweaked and, and tried it, they kept a lot of the base technology the same instead of just saying hey let's uh let's let's you know chuck linium arsenide or whatever you know the materials that it was the next generation supposedly you know the the panacea of, of performance performance Mintel. and uh no it it just didn't work and uh i mean they even talked in their in their financial analyst meeting that uh it is not going to be nearly as economical as the fourteen nanometer stuff. And that's saying a lot because why you go down these die shrinks is you can pack more transistors in. You can have better TDPs. It, it, in the end, is more economical than the larger, um, you know, in this case, faster and more efficient process node. Um, It just didn't work out. And it's a failure. In the manufacturing group, it's a failure at, at the top levels because they said, hey, we need these technologies, this technology, this stuff all packed into one. And we're going to have such an advantage over all of our competition. It's not going to be funny. And 2015 passed by, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, now 2020. And we're finally starting to get 10 nanometer products from Intel that just, I mean, you, you, you have smaller dies. But the other physical properties uh, are not nearly as good as what fourteen nanometer, like plus 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 plus, plus whatever, uh, gives you in terms of TDPs, top speed, all that stuff that really defines performance.
0: But, but graphics this is, um, but, but ignore all that and look yeah. at our graphics. They're so, hey, good. Jo- well, Josh,
1: what what do they what do they take away from a CPU to make a quote unquote small die? Like, what do you mean? Well, they have, like, the, the larger core, small core here. And oh, got, no, what I mean, think in
3: terms of, of an Atom, an advanced Atom versus a, a you know, a current Core i7, um, you know, a Skylake-based derivative. That's what they're doing big little. So you have a bunch of, of less important but still meaningful threads going to the little things that are low power, that they, they don't need to have the performance lot of background stuff and so you can do this work just as well at a a quarter of the tdp of of a regular core and it's not going to affect your performance whatsoever in in a desktop solution or whatever um and but you've still got you know four regular you know big cores with you know two threads per so you've got you know a I don't know, however many there, you know, eight, eight plus eight, whatever, uh, 16. And I don't know how they're going to, you know, space that out eventually, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's in theory, it's, it's a good idea in practice. It takes a lot of work to do it effectively. And you've got to include the OS people in there at the very lowest levels and at the very beginning of, uh, when you're developing the solution because the software and OS level stuff is, is so important with big level, little, and especially, you know, cache coherency. I mean, you're, you're trading off workloads to, you know, start it off on a big core. It's like, you know, we're going to shuffle it off to a little, but the little core has a quarter of the L2 cache and no L3 cache. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, there's a lot of complexity in there and how about uh, instruction set is it uh it's they share an instruction set or it's like so it's it's it doesn't matter that's that's isa is is the same between mm-hmm. them both but you're yeah. you're just talking about cache coherency that's that's okay. that's oh the yeah i can see it in the big it's, little yep. because you have different l- sizes of of l2 caches and yeah and even you know different sizes of l1 and l uh, L1 uh, data and L1 instructions uh, that can have mm-hmm. an issue as well, but primarily it's L2 because that's where a lot of that data is shared in between cores that they you know rotate work on, and you destroy cache coherency and it, performance goes to hell.
0: Yeah. Also, though, uh, just real quick, uh, PCIe four point
2: Yeah, that was the other thing. It's that allegedly was left out. I guess, kind of last minute from Comet Lake. So if, if there were issues adopting that, I think, or oh, was I reading that was on extreme tech that they have, they may have pulled PCI express support from Comet. Lake. that was back at the end of January that was being reported. <clears throat> so I wonder what's the likelihood of them bringing PCIe four to desktop, especially if this product does not come out until either late this year or early next year, when they be on to PCIe five by then, Well, I mean, mean,
4: that's what they've been saying, but I think it was fanless tech three or four months ago uh, was showing off one of the the next gen nooks that hasn't been released yet, but will be. And that was also mentioning PCIe 4, not 5.
2: Because 4 will technically run on the same platform, right? As long as it's robust, if it's deemed to be robust enough for the added signal. I would think so. Or well, not. Are you I mean, that, to because say? originally, I think about AMP side on the on the X four hundred series. Technically, PCIe four was cap- it was capable, and then yeah, it, it worked didn't on. want most, to have to individually the, the ratify was... the boards, and so they yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Well, and you updated
4: a BIOS um, or something and lost it, didn't you, Josh?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, 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 what the. Uh gaming M7 from MSI initially had yeah. PCI 4.0 support with a 3000 series uh processor but then yeah you updated the BIOS and the new AGESA uh cut that out like the bastards they are and yeah. and all my performance went to hell with my SSD <laughs> otherwise it didn't didn't really matter obviously <laughs> uh but uh, I think you know PCI 5.0 was has it officially been ratified yet I would have yeah, to throw it was already ratified. I, I think I there's to five to I, think, I, I thought maybe last fall it was finally ratified, but yeah, they're I, I think they're they're so far away from actually having working hardware. And it's amazing to me that Intel is going to be essentially a year behind AMD and implemented PCIe four And I think it is kind of indicative of the industry that the guys who would benefit most from doing PCIe 4.0 implementations of all the, the single SSD guys. And there's only one controller out uh, in, in terms of the consumer space yeah. that supports that. And it's like, what are these other guys waiting for? Are they really waiting for Intel? Is Intel twisting their arms and saying, yeah, no, you, you don't want to release those until we have a solution. Because mm-hmm. this is not unheard of in Intel circles. I mean, Samsung—they're yeah. a very large corporation with a tremendous amount of money. Why don't they have a consumer PCI four point oh controller?
0: Well, I mean, it could be because they've they've moved there an enterprise already, along with another other companies. It is but... an
3: enterprise, but it's it's very limited. It, it, and, it, I mean, could... consumer.
0: Well, I mean, I, and I don't know the challenges of and the costs of bringing that to market. It could be they're waiting for better market penetration because right, right now you've got
3: uh, AMD gave a couple of million dollars to Fizon to develop mm-hmm. their PCIe 4.0 yeah. controller on their
1: right right Fizon E
3: twelve to to make it to E sixteen, a couple of million, and they accelerated that out by six months. the The money's there. Why? Why are not we seeing these things? I mean, it's not. I mean, it, there are design difficulties, but Fizon and AMD have proven that the difficulties are not nearly as substantial as we may be led to believe. And I think that is is simply just Intel no. muscling no. some guys. And saying, no, don't release that until we have it because we don't need any more competition than what we got because we got screw ups and 10 nanometer. We got screw ups because we can't get past Skylake. And now we have a screw up that we can't implement PCI 4.0 and and any of our designs because we're planning on 10 nanometer working in 2016.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As you said, not unheard of, not unheard of.
4: Not at but, all. Uh, Josh, would you believe May 29th I believe of last year time. was when the PCIe w- say PCIe five point was May twenty ninth of last year? Oh, yeah, that's a lot longer ago than I thought.
0: Yeah, and uh, as but if you were to ask Intel's lawyers in the EU, they've never done anything like that. That was oh. all just a misunderstanding a couple decades ago.
4: Unproven. Uh, yes.
0: Uh, of course, I'm referring to the most recent updates in EU litigation, where Intel was fined uh, billions uh, in 2009. I think it was uh, for muscling their 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 partners, uh, companies like Dell, saying, "Don't you buy those AMD chips, or we'll cut our discounts to you, or cut your supply." And they're arguing now that that was that was mischaracterized, uh, A simple they
1: misunderstanding. Sh-
0: they, yes. they shouldn't have. Falling afoul of the law, told there, anyone we'll, about
1: it, or I mean, uh, yeah.
0: we'll see. Uh, real quick, uh, another patron, uh, David Wilson just became a, a new patron. So, thank you, David. That's awesome, appreciate it. Uh, and sure. uh, I missed it earlier in our um, in our YouTube chat. It looks like we've got famed adult uh, adult entertainment star Peter North in our YouTube chat. Oh. Uh, so uh, or someone claiming to be, I thought he was dead. Has he honest. gotten
3: his zinc and vitamin E injections lately?
0: Uh, maybe I don't know, but uh, hey, uh, an, an artist—an <laughs> artist is an artist, and I can respect that. So, welcome if that is you, sir. Welcome, and if it's not you, kudos to the persona. But um, all right, let's talk about some security vulnerabilities—the topic that will never go away. New issues discovered, announced, and commented on in the last week or so for both Intel and AMD. Uh, So, Jeremy, why don't we start off with Intel? Tell us what's going on here with the uh, security or sorry, software guard extension vulnerability.
4: Oh, we're all doomed. It's everything's insecure. It's unfixable. My God, what are we ever going to do except turn off multi threading and branch prediction forever? Or, you know, just sort of live with it. Because a lot of the newer ones that we're seeing, like specifically this one, almost only affects environments that are running SGX. Now, this will really annoy people running SGX because the whole idea is that that's actually a tool built into the silicon, which is providing security. But unfortunately, uh, the same researchers that brought you Meltdown Inspector have discovered that there is indeed uh, an injection attack that you can do. Uh, when resuming for sleep or coming back from a power off state that uh, will allow them to take a look, browse through whatever is going on that's being protected in theory by SGX. The, they're not looking at releasing a microcode update. Uh, they are talking about releasing a patch. And at this point, we don't know, but these guys have had experience with what happened with Spelt. Spectre and Meltdown, and they're saying somewhere between a 2 to 19 times slowdown if you fully implement uh, the mitigations that they're suggesting. So once again, you've you got to pick between speed and security. Thankfully, this particular one, uh, as a desktop user at home, you're not really going to see it all because you don't even use SGX, so you can't be affected by its, one of its vulnerabilities. As Alan said in the chat at one point, it's, it, it is part and parcel of modern architecture that, yes, because of the way that we do branch predictions uh, and multi threading, that there are architecturally certain areas where you are going to be able to inject things. And so it's a choice. Do you want to get rid of all of that or do you want to work with the mitigations at a a level that's acceptable to you uh, to balance between security and performance? It's just the way things are.
0: And uh, there's a a video that the register uh, embedded demoing the, the uh, exploit with some pretty epic music uh, to accompany it. So uh, you can check that out if you're interested and uh, i guess uh, then continuing on that trend we 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 turned to the amd side and some some news there about uh another vulnerability Although this one it affects a wide range of processors but from what we can tell the severity or the the risk rather is is pretty minimal uh, right jeremy
4: yeah uh, again it's in this case it's a cache collision because they they've Reverse engineered the the hash that AMD uses uh, in their prediction technique. You see, read that hash, you can then predict where uh, the processor is going to hit next, and intercept that uh, that call uh, with your own call coming from the same address to be able to inject some interesting things into it. Now. In one hand, the researchers, as Scott had mentioned in the original post, have demonstrated you can do this uh, via Java and uh, something, uh, yeah, JavaScript engine in uh, Chrome and Firefox, and through hypervisor. If you know you're, you're running uh, VMs on on a cloud or locally, uh, AMD pretty much said that it's never something that's going to affect uh, the takeaway from it, from the takeaway, is that uh, they don't really seem to see this as such a large issue as some of the side channel stuff that we've been seeing, or rowhammer, or some of the more scary ones. On the other hand, it is possible, uh, and at the very least you can slow a processor down because the the L1 is just, every time it tries to open up a, a different part of the case, it's just getting intercepted. Eventually it will figure out, okay, I'm gonna go somewhere else and screw it, I'll take the hit on performance. And the other thing is that looking from their side of it, they're suggesting it's it's more of a software side issue than it is hardware. Um, if you're running your software to be able to accept this sort of thing and push it aside or ignore it, you're, you're really never going to see much effect whatsoever. And again, it's... It's something that as a home user, it's going to have incredibly little effect on you in any way, shape or form. It follows some of the other attacks which do exist theoretically, but have never been seen in the wild because they're so ridiculously complex to, uh, to actually put into practice. So it's out there. Uh, I don't think anyone should just completely ignore this kind of stuff. Don't, don't consider me saying that. I'm just saying that you got to take it with a balance. There, there are some insecurities the second you turn the machine on. You want a perfectly com- secure and safe computer. Well, fill it with concrete, dump it in the bottom of the lake. It, it's unhackable at this point. Apart from that, you you got to accept that there are some risks. So the, the two this week, you know, it's yet another bloody vulnerabilities for both companies. But at the same time, it's not anything to worry about that much from what I've seen.
0: Yeah, the only, the only concern is... is... How for 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 these maybe not these in particular but for future ones that we continue to discover how the companies react and if the pressure is on them to issue microcode updates, then it hits the consumers and the result for you is just a slower processor again. Uh,
4: so well, or a slower Amazon or a slower anything.
0: Well, yeah, and on the, on the, well, on the enterprise, you're basically I I, I assume at some point they're going to have to switch to providing a certain I mean some some already do. Provide a certain performance level, not you're not running a processor, you're running a certain number of MIPS or, or, or whatever. And, and from the consumer's perspective, you get the same performance. It's just whether maybe your bill goes up or the, the company takes a hit uh, to provide that extra performance level.
1: From a VM perspective or from a shared server perspective, a lot of these are predicated on the fact that you're, as a multi-user environment, you're going to be sharing a CPU with another user. And that's where a lot of these vulnerabilities can come in. If you can get your code to run on the same core as your target process, then potentially you can attack them using some of these side channel exploits. Otherwise, maybe you're looking at, um, you know, the Amazon model, like you were just saying, maybe, Hey, we don't, we don't share processors when you buy a VM from us, you know, you're going to own a core or something like that. I mean, I, I buy a bunch myself and I, I own the entire core, you know, to get uh, an entire CPU. So there are ways to sort of mitigate some of these issues. And finally, they should have a fifth bullet on this page, which is basically stop touching your face.
0: Always, always good. Always good. Yeah. Anyway, well, any other uh, thoughts uh, on security issues here, Josh? Nope. All right. Well, I, I, I mean, think it's <laughs> kind of overblown. It, it's
3: it sounds like Spectre version two point It's a lot like it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's uh it's 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 not necessarily a a hardware fault. It's just the way hardware interacts with software, and. How much you can do with it is is it's really more up to the OS than anything else. And so it's, you know, I mean, everybody was up in arms about it, but it's Spectre. At least it's not like that uh, previous one, that AMD that they did against AMD from that Israeli firm. That was like funded by Intel and it was... Really, kind of bogus that it was like you had to notch your eyebrows in a certain direction and twist your tongue and use several different keycaps at the same time. And then you could maybe, you know, get that to work. But yeah, no, it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be software mitigation and it's not going to be as big as other things are. So, all right, I roll.
0: well, Well, uh, We'll continue to see what else develops uh, in the ongoing saga. Thus far, though, the scorecard is decidedly in AMD's favor in terms of security vulnerability. Well, in terms of being not affected by security vulnerabilities. But uh, all right, we're gonna oh, we're gonna say hi to Rainy first. Make Rainy makes her appearance.
3: So uh, yeah, she was she was uh, uh, begging me to pick her up and pet her uh, under my desk, and so. I'm giving her the limelight. What do you think, Rainy? She She wants to be a star. She is a star. She's already a star. All right. Well, anyway.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to hear from our sponsor this week. We'll be right back. This week's podcast is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. When it comes to growing your business, finding the right people is so important the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that right person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. And that's because LinkedIn can tie into its existing business network. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide, and it can take that, that huge pool of talent and possibilities and screen those candidates for the hard and soft skills that you're looking for so that you can hire that right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, which is so important today. LinkedIn looks beyond the traditional work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates that match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder that a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And it's why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. So don't waste any more time. Don't waste opportunities. Go out and find the person and people that are going to help you grow your business, that are going to help take your business to the next level. Find that right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first fifty dollars off. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash per. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash per to get fifty dollars off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, well, let's uh let's finish up uh the news this week. We've got one more story. Uh it's a new benchmark from the original folks. That brought you three D Mark, the the future mark, folks. They they, they got bought by uh, UL a couple years ago, and uh, that original team is out now with a new benchmark called Basemark GPU. Uh, I, I've had a chance to. I don't know if you guys have. I, I played with it a little bit, uh, Jeremy. What what's uh, what's your impression here?
4: I, I hey, it's nice to have a new benchmark because you get sick of the old ones pretty damn quick, right? Like after you've stared at it for so long. You I just can attest you you to this. He just really wants something new.
0: Yeah, Sebastian does. Yeah, Sebastian. And, and
2: look, I mean, it, it supports every API, it right? It's 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 DX eleven twelve Vulcan.
0: Open. If Java. you want to know yeah. how good Metal your too, iPhone is
4: compared to your Core i seven, you can do it.
0: Yeah, I I played with it a little bit on Windows and Mac, and yes, it does support Metal for macOS. And I don't know about I. I, I would assume then iOS as well right uh if it's yep. built in there and uh yep. now there Android is a danger uh more. we look at this these cross platform benchmarks like uh geekbench there is a danger where even if you can try as best you can to create something that's comparable but there's always going to be a question about you know efficiencies and and different engine or different uh APIs and and things you know is it truly uh fair is it truly accurate but uh you know it's free you can check it out uh maybe we'll start including this because it runs pretty quick uh that's that's the nice thing about it it's very simple thus far it runs pretty quick uh gives nice you know it gives an overall score as well as uh min max and average frame rates and uh and it's on everything basically so maybe maybe this will be something we can uh we can include uh right sebastian you can yeah. you have no problem adding more work to your hey, as long as it's, it's like working. easy
2: self-contained stuff, the problem would be going back and you know rebenchmarking like twelve different cards.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't it, know why they didn't call it start somewhere.
1: All your base mark. I don't know. Yeah, that's an obvious miss.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first thought. Because yeah. after the UL acquisition, it does not belong to us. Is that future? <laughs> is it <that> like subversive <laughs> messaging from Future Mark? There,
0: it could be. <laughs> Uh but yeah we 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 do use the futuremark UL owned futuremark stuff and uh but we also had a really Smart good relationship right uh with the uh the guys uh the old crew at, at futuremark so so yeah check it out uh, it's at basemark.com you can grab the uh the download for like i said for every platform you could probably think of windows mac linux android and ios all right. Well, well let's uh, jump into the reviews. We've got one review this week, and it's uh, from Sebastian. He's got a review for us of the the HyperX Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard. So tell us tell us about this.
2: This is basically revisiting something we looked at in October. This keyboard is not new. These switches are new. They had, they released the Alloy Origins with red switches, new HyperX red switches. They're not quite the same as a cherry switch. They're not like other switches that we've seen that are like similar to the cherries. They had kind of their own thing. Uh, they're characterized by a slightly shorter travel distance and a fairly light actuation, if that means anything to you. And this one has their Aqua switch. And when I saw the original announcement for this and I knew that Aqua was coming, I thought Aqua would be like a blue but this is a non-clicky switch. It's actually closer to a brown. So it's it's different. It's, it's not quite the same feel as a brown switch or any other cherry switch I've ever used because it, it has the same slightly shallower total key travel of 3.8 millimeters and slightly shallower actuation point of 1.8 millimeters. This is compared to 2.0 and 4.0 millimeters with a cherry brown. But it still has that discernible, tactical, tactical, tactile bump as you're pushing the key down. So you you definitely feel something a little bit different than a a straight-up linear key, like a red. And I I liked the way these felt. They have a firmer feel than you'd expect from a 45-gram force. This is all just technical stuff. Like, I'm not a huge keyboard person, but I've gotten used to some of these numbers when looking at different key switches. Ultimately, it's a fairly light keyboard to actually type on. It doesn't take a whole lot of force to actuate the keys to actually have them do something. And these have very light keycaps on them. That's my only real complaint about any of these uh HyperX keyboards out of the box. Because HyperX makes outstanding PBT double shot keycaps that only cost about 20 bucks a set. But they don't ship them with these keyboards uh, at this price level. This is a $109 keyboard. The version I looked at in October with the Reds, that actually has dropped 20 bucks in the meantime. So, if you like the more linear feel, grab the version with the reds because there's actually a bundle. I was looking on Amazon, they have a bundle for the same 109 price that includes the PPT keycaps together with the keyboard. So, you can do the upgrade for the same price. Uh, and then this one would be 109 plus that $20. So, it would take it up to about 130 uh, at list pricing to buy this keyboard and put those nicer keycaps on it. So, it's it's all personal preference. This is 104 key design. They have a, a 10 keyless variant of these uh, Hi- HyperX keyboards as well, which I have not looked at yet. But overall, the quality of this one, uh, and th- this was so close to the previous one because obviously it's the same keyboard. I, I recommend looking at that earlier review as well for a little bit closer look at the design. But it's an all-aluminum design. It's like aluminum front and back encasing... This, which gives it a very solid premium kind of feel that you wouldn't really expect from a keyboard around hundred dollars like this, especially not the red version that's selling for eighty nine. You typically have a plastic keyboard around eighty nine dollars when it's fully mechanical with per key RGB backlighting, like this has, uh, programmable macros, all that stuff through the Ingenuity software. So it's it's basically checks almost all of the boxes of a high end like ultra high end gaming keyboard doesn't have dedicated media controls though. There's a few drawbacks and I'm, I like the ingenuity software, but I'm still kind of annoyed that it's not available directly through their website, at least not the latest version. You still have to go through the windows store to get the latest version that supports the latest things. And I had the same complaint about the last HyperX headset I looked at. It is what it is. I don't like having to have an account with something to, download software, you need to make something work. But you can do a lot of the functions right on the keyboard as well, so you don't have to use the software. But another interesting addition, it's 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 difficult to explain feel, obviously. You have to try it out for yourself. But it's it's just kind of odd. I like Cherry Browns. These are just a little bit lighter feeling than Cherry Browns, but have that same kind of tactile bump, and they're very quiet too. In fact, this keyboard... Behind me, which I don't want to disturb because I have a benchmark running, that is the keyboard in question. But it 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 sounds the same as the previous one. It sounds like you know, it's just just sounds like kind of quiet, linear keys. You just you feel the bump as you're actuating it. That's all.
0: All right. So that's the uh, HyperX Alloy Origins with the Aqua Twitches, uh, and Sebastian, uh, it was good enough to get a gold award. Hey, isn't, isn't Aqua a uh,
3: Scandinavian pop band in the late 90s, early 2000s?
0: Barbie Girl? About dolls. sounds familiar.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm, your, I'm your Barbie Girl. Yeah. Barbie Girl. The Barbie Girl.
4: Oh. Yeah. Oh, did they have Barbie that? Girl?
3: Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. All
2: dressed in plastic. We're proud of
4: them as we are of uh, Roxette.
2: Let's see. Yes. Uh, a Danish, yes. Norwegian, hey, Euro set pop set music good. group. Aqua, not <laughs> so for much. For Barbie Girl. <laughs> okay.
0: Released in two thousand. Wow, that was Mine, twenty years ago.
2: Like a mouse
0: trap. Well, for some things, for some things, yeah. mouse trap. But uh, all right. Um, any other topics before we jump into the picks of the week?
1: I'd like to thank Kent for uh, sending this over. Appreciate it. Oh, yes. thanks a lot.
2: Well, yeah, tell us I just got it today.
1: I'm gonna put hey, it on a 9900K. A nice <laughs>
2: yes,
1: I'm gonna put it on a 9900K on a um, Gigabyte designator board and uh, try out uh, OpenCore for a Hackintosh build. I'm gonna write that nice.
0: up. And uh, for our Excellent. audio listeners, that was uh, Brett showing off that MUGEN five CPU cooler that Kent uh, reviewed for us a yes. uh, week or so ago.
1: That's large. Very nice. That's large and you charge.
2: Big single tower a, beauty.
1: Got a lot of large things. Oh, thing well. of beauty yeah, okay. that is no, not a thing to ignore. Just,
2: just keep it above the waist, Brett, and we'll yeah. be good. Yeah. So I just wanted
1: to publicly thank Kent.
2: Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: yes, uh, and uh, I, I was—I'm disappointed. I thought. I was getting all these beeps on my phone. I thought Patreon was blowing up, but it's just parents at my kid's school freaking out because we <laughs> just found out we got to watch our children for the next week and a half or so here. Oh, all they're right. They're making you educate
2: them from home, aren't they? They can't just take the, the time off, can they? We
0: We don't know what they're going to do yet. They've told us oh, okay. that there's some sort of remote education thing. Uh, where there's going to be some website it's called, they go it's to. called YouTube.
2: Duh. Yeah, right. Come on. put yeah. them watch <laughs> YouTube videos. It's fine.
0: Jim, um, think of all the benchmarking you can get done. Oh. He doesn't. He's not trustworthy. Adderall. Is he as trustworthy yeah. as Ken was? No. No.
2: Oh, okay. Jeez. All, all, right. all
0: he wants to do is, is make Minecraft videos. And, which is probably far more of a lucrative venture than anything we got going here. So I should probably yeah, actually. You know, so say, man, I'm, I'm at the
3: tail end of, of Skyrim videos. Cause I only just started playing that game for the first time in <laughs> nine years.
0: Um, well, you know, there's the, uh, there's a woman in the Cincinnati area. She's the Skyrim grandma. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, she, and I, that's very popular still. She's doing a meet up here next month. I, actually, she probably oh, wow. it'll probably be canceled by the coronavirus. But
3: uh, <laughs> well, I mean, she's she's not young, so no,
0: no. She's but kind I'm of in a group
3: that that can be massively affected by coronavirus.
0: Yeah, but my my point is, depending on how you angle it, Josh, you could make it work. You just got to you got to come up with a catch. Girl, Don't we'll we'll know that out. one. There you go. There you go. And uh, Jim, uh, I think
1: somebody's going to make a killing here in YouTube channel for uh, remote education at age appropriate uh, time. So, hey, you got a, you know, a six year old. OK, here's the channel for you. You got a 10 year old. Here's the channel for them, for the education classes that are going to be missing in school for due to the uh, virus. So There's an would, opportunity there and all it would. is is hacked Peppa Pig videos <laughs> well, that, well, and, and Minecraft how to's and, yeah. and cheat codes yes. and stuff like that's
0: that, yeah. that's a, that would last like a week and it would be very promising <laughs> and then it would quickly devolve into uh, typical YouTuber <laughs> bullshit and scary exactly. Eastern European torture porn with children's cartoons. <laughs> I don't know if you guys and have what, seen those. That those and, are, and what was I that video? The, uh, and
1: Slenderman videos. And Slenderman, Slenderman, videos. Five uh, Nights at
0: Freddy's, and any other trend that I'm five six months to a year out of date on. But yes, and no, Jordan, I will not send you my, ch- my child. I will not <laughs> uh, send it down. But many, uh, thank you.
2: How many kids you got, Jim? Or, and you, you cannot FaceTime his child either,
0: so Just stop one? asking. Just one. I know.
4: And here Josh is running yeah. zone defense. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> Do those uh oh, plastic gates nickel. still work for them?
0: <laughs> it's the the you don't need the plastic gates, you just need to put up um uh white wireless um dampeners. And if you Ooh. limit the Wi Fi range, that is an effective deterrent for movement. Because they will not exceed that range. It's it's the talk about the,
1: being tethered. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's no faster way to have a family meeting than to go unplug the
2: Wi-Fi and just man. stand there.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Yep, you want to get everybody together in one room. This point. So <laughs> my son would just roll his eyes and turn off Wi-Fi and enable the LTE connection again. <laughs> oh, dad's messing with the router. I get a lot yeah. of sidelong, like, glares. Like He, he calls man. you peasant, doesn't he? With his <laughs> eyes, yeah. i haven't actually heard that word from him yet
3: but he's saying it on the inside on the
0: inside let's uh let's get our picks of the week in uh i'll start off first uh this is a uh, something that i've never been good at and that's you you probably should put a screen protector on your mobile phone these things cost a thousand dollars and you despite apple's marketing
4: screen protector
0: uh i I, well i'll explain why so you put your screen protector on and it's fine and there's a ton of ones to choose from and there's like tempered glass and fake tempered glass and just matte plastic and film and all that but i always get bubbles i cannot put these things on straight for the life of me and then even when i do get them on straight there's always some air bubbles under there well i found this is
3: do, do you use the do you use the the windex
0: I I clean them yeah, and I have the little stickers. No no
3: no 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 it's 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 wet. wet. You you spray
0: Windex in there. Oh the Windex application. Okay. You, you put you put the 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 screen
3: protector in there and then you squeegee everything out and there's no bubbles. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I, I haven't tried that. But with this You can also oh, use your tongue. tongue. With this particular oh. uh screen protector you can use your tongue.
3: Yes,
1: you could. Right. Do you know where your
3: phone has been? Do you know where it's been? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the, in the, the, the uh, Denver uh, International Airport, my, my phone has been touching <laughs>
0: it the. Oh, I thought you were talking about do you know where Josh's tongue has been? Because I don't oh, know.
2: Okay. I, mean, I don't think your phone can get infected. And if you have a good seal with the screen protector, you'll probably be fine.
0: Right, well, anyway, so with the, the, and there's various screen protectors that come with different like gimmicks for applying it, but this one is from a company called Spigen or Spigen or whatever. We'll have the link to it. It's, it, 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 I've used this on a, a iPhone Max, a regular iPhone, an Android um, uh, what was it? The, uh, what's the Google one? My brother-in-law had Pixel, it. The, Google, yeah, the Pixel, the Pixel 3, I think it was, 3A. And basically it comes with a plastic thing that's, you, you put the filter in or the protector in. You stick this plastic thing down. You peel it. You push down. I've used it every time. Every time it goes on perfectly straight and there's no bubbles. Uh, and it's nice. a little expensive. It's it's $11 plus uh, – or no, it's 11, $11 or three shipping right now for a two-pack.
4: I'll buy the used one.
0: Yes, buy the used. Uh, <laughs> but uh,
3: Free Corona. The,
0: the point is I've I've gone through a ton of screen protectors. With this one, I've used it on three phones, and three times on the first try, it was perfect. So – so far, so good with this guy here.
2: It's a great brand. If anybody who hasn't heard of it, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I call it SpyGen. I think Alan called it Spigen, but it's yeah. great. I've been using their cases for years. Yeah. And, and if you played a lot of Skyrim, it's Spriggan.
0: Spriggan. Uh, no. Never mind. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, what's your pick for us?
4: Well, it's it's more of an anti-pick and a, a plea for help from fellow Canadians. I was checking our wonderful PC Perspective website last night, and at the very bottom was a pop-up ad for Shaw Cable, suggesting that I didn't have the latest and greatest plan. Now, knowing Jim, I know that he didn't get a damn red set for this pop-up ad which appeared on our site, And after talking with Shaw, they sort of said that, yeah, um, you know how we said on your free Wi-Fi thing, we'd occasionally serve you ads. Well, we're trying it out on your residential wired Internet. Now, if these arseholes get away with this for much longer, TELUS, Kojiko, Videotron, they're all going to do it. And congratulations, the service that you are now paying for for Internet in Canada will be splattered with ads from your service provider, which being the service provider, good frickin' luck to block. So uh, don't leave me being the only old man yelling at the cloud. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the two organizations you can use to uh, complain about this, the CRTC and the CTTC. So uh, it's, a, it's a way to make a, a complaint because I checked Shaw, there is, Nothing in the terms of services and agreements that have now said that I have to agree to get pop-up ads on my websites from them. It's also not just for myself and my fellow Canadians. It's for website hosts that are now suddenly going to get screaming people at them saying, why in the hell are you putting this pop-up ad about my ISP when they're not, nor are they getting any uh, financial compensation for having this ad plastered on top of their website.
0: Yeah, that's so not good. So
4: please consider
0: I remember, uh, was it Verizon? There were some United States-based ISPs that got in trouble because they were issuing pop-ups through port 80 with about warning you about <laughs> running out of bandwidth. Like, mm-hmm. hey, here's, you know, you're almost out. You better buy another $50 worth of internet from us this month or we're going to cut you off. And that was controversial. But, yeah, injecting ads.
4: That's dirty pool. Mm. It is.
0: I was pissed off at Brave when they tried to pull that shit, but um I'm not I'm not doing it for the ISPs. But yeah. Well thanks Jeremy for, for uh identifying that. And uh yeah, we're sorry if you see ads like that uh on PC pur or any of any website. Okay, Josh, what have you got for us?
3: Communicable disease. Okay. I already got one. Oh, we thanks. we've all got that. Yeah. Uh, I mean you you gotta come visit me to get it, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little overrated, but that's, you know, just ask my wife. Yeah, tell us about no, your pick, uh, please. A Cooler Master 240 millimeter all-in-one cooler that's pretty decent. It's got, uh, you know, a lot of features. It's not the quietest thing, and I'm still tuning it for my uh, gigabyte board. In some places, it probably would be pretty quiet. In mine, it gets a little annoying. And so this is a conditional pick, I would say. Uh, It's solidly built. It does keep it cool. The control is, is really dependent on your motherboard. And I don't have the RGB stuff enabled, obviously, because it's sitting kind of beside my desk on a platform, and I don't look at it. So who cares about RGB? It's just a solid cooler that stays mostly quiet and it's under a hundred bucks. It's well under a hundred bucks, but to get the best performance out of it, you've got to make sure you've got a good connection and you really dig into your motherboard fan control to keep it at a level that you're comfortable with. Still 75 bucks, not bad, but you got to work at it. So be warned.
0: Alright, that's the Cooler Master Master Liquid L C two hundred forty E. It's the RGB closed loop AIO two hundred and forty millimeter cooler. But, master uh, Cooler. Master Cooler. Sure. The master. Alright, let's see. Sebastian. It's, what it's, have you uh, got?
3: It's the uh, it's the cooler that's in charge of Barter Town.
0: <laughs> Barter Town. I don't Oh your good god, man.
3: Oh Sorry. Lord. I don't get it either. Two men enter, one man leave.
4: Does that help? No. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Thunder Tur- oh,
0: okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. <sighs> Sorry. We're getting old, aren't we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Getting old. All
1: Next right.
3: thing you know, we'll be talking about breakfast at Tiffany's and Sterling breakfast Silver Club. phone dialers.
4: Hey, I'm I'm literally writing to the government at this point. To complain about my internet <laughs> service, so Old man it's the, the, the end, next.
0: Well, I mean, hey, that's at least that's, you, you've got good cause, Jeremy. And don't let anyone tell you differently. <laughs> but Sebastian, what have you got for us?
2: A totally non-technical pick unless you happen to use a, an electronic device to read and or listen to it. But I, I just finished listening to the audiobook version of this. It's called Play It Loud, which is a book about the history of the electric guitar basically just from the very beginning it goes farther back than i had any idea it's it was fascinating not just for so-called gearheads but anybody there was a lot more in the way of uh culture than i was expecting but there was a lot of guitar history so if you're even slightly interested it's it's worth checking out it was very well written the performance of the audiobook was great it was like 20-plus hours of just guitar, everything. And different artists who kind of defined different generations and different developments that were made. I didn't have any idea how, like I said, how far back the electric guitar went, but it's kind of staggering to think. Like, Gibson was releasing the ES-150 in 1936 for $150. They used to sell through the Montgomery Ward and Spiegel catalogs. And... They were made about two miles away from my house, where that original pickup was conceived and all of that stuff. So the Gibson part of it was interesting for me locally. And then all the Fender stuff, Rickenbacker, all of that
0: is in here. Check it out. All right. and So that's Play It Loud, an epic history of the style, sound, and revolution of the electric guitar by Brad Talinsky. Uh, Alan D. Perna and Carlos Santana. Well, uh, forward from Carlos there. And it's available yeah, k- uh, digitally, physically, and with the uh, audiobook from Audible. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Okay, Brett, uh, I've got a bunch of links from you here. I think they're in the right order. Uh, uh, I think so. Give it a try here. So what, so are we what doing, happened course?
1: is is that we talked about this last time, and this uh, happened yesterday, is that there was a new release Of something called the Babylon Project, which is a modification to a game engine that was kind of they left for it, left it for dead uh, some number of years ago. But the modifications to it has been going on for 20 years now, 19 years. So, you know, I don't want to exaggerate about 19 years and it is a game called Free Space and it's available on uh, on Steam. So you, there's a Steam link there too. So you can show that off. That's I think that's seven in the in the notes there. So it's 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Okay, this is the base game. You install this game. You go and get the, there's five or six mods. There's Battlestar Galactica mod. There's a Babylon 5 mod, which is what we talked about last week. And the fact that a an update, which was uh, number six, if you click number six there, an update was, was released yesterday to it and this is what brought it to my attention it's they had all these new campaigns that were added all these new fixes were brought in um it's actually it's pretty cool and uh if you know if you're like me and i know that i am you like babylon 5 and you know you kind of miss that universe so go fly around in it these guys have been tweaking this thing for 20 years with new rendering engines new skins new audio new uh Techniques, AIs. If it's pretty cool, the, the the source code was released, so that's how
3: that managed Vazinski's to stay alive. Overrated. Oh, 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 oh. JMS, <laughs> JMS is <laughs> yeah, Free Space,
1: Free Space One, and it's a uh, Free Space Open. So there's an installer uh and a game a game runner that you got to go get it's that's why there's so many links in there so there's like you got to go get the base game you get an installer or then you need the mod pack and it's it's an enthusiast sort of thing but if you like that sort of thing yeah there you go free space 2 there you go but if yeah, you like that sort of here. thing oh it's you're, Yeah, you're,
0: you're muted jeremy it, this is the
1: sort of thing you'll like if you like this sort of thing that's you'll like thing. this yeah
0: awesome all right, so that's, that's free the
2: free space uh, related to descent. Wasn't free space from the? It is. Descent? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's yes. from the
2: same team. It was.
1: That is correct.
0: All right, so just to summarize that. That's Free Space Two, uh, classic game. You go go pick that up for about ten bucks. Then you go and you get these these mods, and uh, the the highlight of that is the Babylon Project mod for the Babylon Five uh, universe. Yes. The name of the place. Is Babylon 5. See, you did watch it. I, I didn't finish it. Like, I didn't see the whole thing. I've got to sit down and watch it all. But I, I used to watch it when it would come on. It yeah. was a good show.
4: It did get weird at the end, but still, I mean... Every couple of years, you could
1: rewatch it. it.
0: Yeah, from what I've seen, though, the special effects didn't hold up uh, it particularly well.
1: well. Hey, they no, rendering. that was what I was done on the desktop it was... computer.
0: Yeah,
4: done on an yeah, Amiga. They, they were though. literally my upstairs neighbors.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Forbidden nice. Planet. Yeah, and they were that. That was the first television show to get production effects of that on a on a, a weekly series of that quality at that time for that price. So, and the Amiga allowed them to do that, and the uh, video toaster is what what made it work for them.
0: Mm-hmm. If By you look myself what- again.
2: Like Star Trek The Next Generation special effects, they had actually initially tried to do CGI, and the stuff yeah. they were getting back then looked really bad. It looked like about the level of PC games at that time, which was not ready for broadcast TV. So they, of course, ended up using models, ILM, spent a tremendous amount of money on special effects for that show. Yeah. To do CGI in that era is kind of mind boggling. That'd be a fascinating book for, at some point. Yeah.
0: And there's also there's a whole uh, history and controversy over the start of Babylon 5 and Deep Space Nine, the Star Trek show, because of the the, the creators of Babylon 5 did a treatment and uh, had some production meetings with Paramount or whoever it was that was going to be greenlighting Deep Space Nine. And they mm-hmm. said no. And then lo and behold, a few months later, hey, it's a Star Trek show, oh, so on a, st- really? a space station with political intrigue. Uh, but, hey, I'm glad, and in the yeah. end, though, I'm glad because they're both great shows. Uh, I, I love Deep Space Nine. So it's, it's in a way, the, work, the way it worked out, we got best of both worlds. So.
4: Hey, you can no, tell the no difference between Babylon 5. Babylon 5 started strong and then sort of died out. Deep Space Nine started horribly and
3: got better.
0: I wouldn't say horribly. I mean, it was certainly weaker in the that first wasn't. seasons, but there were some classics there. It
3: was, well. But the writing for, for Deep Space Nine was so much better than any other Star Trek at that time. <laughs> Well mm-hmm. yeah. when Voyager came out and then you watched some episodes of the first, you know, season of, of Deep Space Nine, it was like this is night and day, this is Shakespeare mm-hmm. versus Yeah. You know, I didn't <laughs> want to go there. Awkward.
2: Anyway.
0: And if you <laughs> it, was,
2: it was definitely higher quality writing, but I, I personally felt like it was a bit heavy handed at times. But maybe that was just there was some scenery chewing by the captain. But Sure. yeah
0: I Sure. Think. Well Avery I mean
4: Well and Bruce Block's Leitner too.
0: Yeah. Um
2: security
4: <clears throat> officer.
0: And I, I, I can't that's recall if, if you Caribaldi. Um, did you, Sebastian, recommend this, uh, what we leave behind? Or what you leave behind? Or what what we left behind.
2: I think that's what it is... was.
0: So so the last episode of D Space Nine, I believe it was What You Leave Behind was the title. And then about a year or so ago there was a a uh, fan funded documentary called mm, what we yeah. left behind and it was uh it had the the participation of the original writing staff um uh, ira bear and and uh let's see if i can find it here and it's a it's a like a you know two hour um yeah if you go to d s nine documentary dot com you can uh see the trailer and you can you can buy the blu-ray it's streaming on iTunes and amazon um and it's a great uh Documentary. It has interviews with almost the full cast. They didn't get Avery Brooks uh, because he's pretty much done with Star Trek. He's out writing jazz and poetry. But uh, it's a really great documentary. They, they have interviews with, with most of the cast. They have interviews with the writers. They, they go back and remastered. Some of the funding for the film was remastering some scenes from Sacrifice of Angels, which was an episode that had a major space battle and one of the reasons that we don't get DS9 remastered for Blu-ray like Next Gen was is because it was all CGI and they'd have to re-render everything at very substantial cost. Yeah. So we what we what you get is a teaser of that. And so they've re-scanned some of the film negatives and then re-remastered the special effects. So you get bits and pieces of what a, a remastered DS9 would look like. And it's... Uh, It's phenomenal. If you're at all a fan of DS9, check it out. Uh, It's sad, though, too, because there's uh, a couple interviews with Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog, who passed away late last year, uh, far too young, and um, I can never pronounce his last name, Rene Auberjonois,
3: who who played Odo, Odo.
0: and he he passed away as well uh, at the end of uh, last year, maybe it was... Uh, towards the middle but uh but there's interviews with both of them in this film in this uh, documentary and and so it's poignant in that sense but good to hear from them uh one last time so what we left behind not to take anything away from babylon 5 but this was a great uh i really enjoyed it it's an engrossing two hours for fans of that show all right uh, any other closing thoughts guys no? no okay well that's uh the show for this week
4: Go deal with things tomorrow
0: yeah well hey uh we're glad you could join us Uh, like we said at the start of the show we record these lives uh or we record these live when we do them most weeks uh, we're not pulling an nvidia here we're not canceling the live stream uh we're gonna self-quarantine and you can join us live uh when we do at pcper.com slash live uh, usually wednesdays at 10 p.m eastern but if you if we have a change to that and you don't want to miss it head to pcpro.com slash subscribe to join our mailing list and you'll be notified an hour or so before we go live. And, uh, thanks uh, to our new patrons this week. Let me just make one last check. Make sure I didn't forget anybody. Uh, Nope. Looks good. But thanks to our new patrons. Thanks to all of you participating in the YouTube and, uh, the discord live chats. And, uh, we're, we're glad you could join us. Uh, hope everyone has a safe week Just keep washing those hands, folks. Take care of yourself. And, uh, We'll see you here next week.
3: Come on, Barbie. Let's go party.